I want to call this breaking the foothold of the enemy. We could call it breaking the devil's foot. <laughs> Another, the, the series that I'm working on here is called Growing Up, the Challenge of Adulthood. And what we're going to talk about this morning uh, is dealing with anger. Uh, anger may be one of the most confusing emotions that we deal with. Uh, it's, it's confusing on a lot of different levels, and I want to talk about some of those this morning. Many may consider sin or anger as sin, and that's what I was taught when I was a child growing up. To be angry was a sin. Uh, consequently, some parents never allow children to express anger, and we're going to talk about uh, what that happened, what happens as a result of that here in a little bit. And anger is often the mask for other emotions. Anger can become a mask for fear. Anger can become a mask for anxiety. Uh, anger can become a mask for the feeling of rejection. So anger becomes a mask for many of our other emotions. We're going to see that anger that's unprocessed now, I want you to notice that, what I'm saying here, anger that's unprocessed, that is not used correctly, can become a foothold for the enemy in our lives. So I want to talk a little more about that as we unpack what I want to share today. So my objective for this message is to give a clearer understanding of this emotion and how, if not properly understood, as I said, becomes a foothold for the devil. No, a foothold is unche unchecked, will become a stronghold for the enemy of our soul. Second Corinthians chapter 10 tells us that we have to pull down the strongholds. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is that thing that gets a hold of us that keeps us from being able to move forward. Uh, there's a number of synonyms for stronghold. One of them is throttled. It's, it's what you put on a car, even though it's got a lot of horsepower, you put a throttle on it that it can only go to a certain speed. It might have the capability of going 150 miles an hour, but the stronghold, the throttle, will keep it to 55 miles an hour. When I was a young man working, driving a truck, my boss was very smart. He put a throttle on the truck that I drove. I don't care how hard I pressed on the accelerator, it would never go beyond 55 miles an hour. So a throttle sometimes can keep us as believers, a stronghold can keep us from moving forward. We've got all of the faith. We've got all of the hope. We've got all the right scriptures, the right language, but there's a throttle, a stronghold that keeps us from moving forward. So a foothold unchecked will become a stronghold. So I want to talk about this, and I want to give you this verse, and I'll unpack more of it a little later. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says in the message translation, it says, go ahead and be angry. The, the King James says, be angry and sin not. The message says, go ahead and be angry. 
And then there's a strange thing that it says next. You do well to be angry. So I want to be sure I talk about what that means this morning, what, how it does us well to be angry. But don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. You may have to stay up all night. <laughs> it says don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. Now, researchers tell us exactly what the scripture is saying here. It says don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. Anger in itself, this emotion is actually the shortest duration of any emotion we have when it is expressed and processed in a healthy way. So it's hard to stay angry if you process anger in a healthy way. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. So what is anger? <clears throat> Let's look at this for a moment. Let's unpack it. Uh, what is anger? Anger is a natural human feeling that everyone experiences and needs to be expressed to main psychological and I will say spiritual health. I've had people tell me I never get angry. <laughs> well, yes, you do. <laughs> you may not be aware of it, but yes, you do. It's a natural human experience. It's part of the way God created us. It's an emotion that is inside of us. And if it's not properly processed, it can cause us a great deal of harm. Anger is a feeling that says no to opposition. It says no to injury or injustice. It is a signal that something that I value is in jeopardy. So when we see uh, anger in, expressed in a healthy way, it's because there is something that it, there's an injustice, there's an injury, there's some opposition to our values. We see Jesus overthrowing the, the tables in the, in the temple, the house of the Lord, when it was used in an improper way. And he threw out the money changers, and we, we see him expressing his anger. There's some other times that Jesus, we see Jesus expressing his anger. It just doesn't always come across well in the King James language. He be, often became angry at the religiosity of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So he became more angry with religion than he did sin. <laughs> did you hear me? I said he became more uh, angry with religion than he did sin simply because religion often stops people from really experiencing the grace of God. So where does it come from? Well, the physical energy, the physical energy of anger comes from adrenaline, adrenaline that's pumped into our system. It comes from that fight or flight side of, of, our, of our response to uh, experiences, whether they're real or whether they're just something that we are perceiving. 
It doesn't even have to be real. It's just something that we are perceiving to be true. And it will dump into our system this, this dose of, of adrenaline and cortisol that puts us in that fight mode. We're ready to take up the battle. And there's, it, it, it comes into our, our system. In fact, if it's not processed correctly, it will take over your thought processes. This is where we see, and, and I'll unpack this a little more here in a moment, but this is where we see rage come from. It's anger that has not been processed in a healthy way. And it, it moves in such a powerful way. It will dump so much adrenaline and cortisol into our system that at, at, its, at its most extreme, the, the saying is, we see red. In fact, there's so much of it in our system that it literally blinds us, can blind us to reality in, in, in our minds, and it can blind us to reality uh, physically, that we can't see things clearly. So this psychological energy comes from the real or imagined sense of threat. Now, we're going to unpack this a little more here in a moment. I really want to give you some tools here today that I believe will unlock some of the presence of God in your life that might be bound up. So when we express a feeling because it is real to us, not because it has an objective issue. In other words, it can be subjective. It comes by the story that we tell ourselves. I, I got some great stories I'm going to tell you here in a moment uh, that comes right out of the work that I do with people. But it comes from this place of subjective or objective. It can be real or it can be just something that we are perceiving. There is a progression to unprocessed anger. And here's where the enemy gets a foothold in our lives. Strongly expressed anger is called rage. Strongly expressed anger held in is called hate. Unexpressed anger is resentment. Anger can be unconsciously repressed, internalized, then it can become depression. I want to go through that progression again with you this morning. Because I really want you to, I, I, I don't want you looking at other people. I want you to look at yourself here this morning. Don't just, don't just cast this off onto somebody else. But let's see what this does. When, when anger is not processed in a healthy way, it becomes rage. When it strongly expressed, it held in, it is called hate. Expressed anger, unexpressed, then the progression is it becomes resentment and can be unconsciously repressed and internalized. It becomes depression. Here's one of the things that I've noticed in many years of working with couples. When, un, un, when anger is not processed in a healthy way, it will become resentment. And resentment becomes disdain. When it reaches that, that kind of intensity, it takes a miracle of God's grace and love to heal that in our lives. And I've seen that tear marriages completely apart 
because it re reached that place of disdain where we, we can't even stand the sight of one another. If that's happening in any way in your relationships today, I call on you to call on God. God can heal what you cannot process. Are you hearing me this morning? You don't have to let it tear you apart. You don't have to let it destroy your marriage. You don't have to let it destroy your family. God's got a remedy for your unhealed anger, and it is his love and his grace poured out on you. Go ahead. Give the Lord a great big praise offering this morning. So why would we repress? Why would we repress anger? Again, many times in our religious life, church life, it's often taught that anger is a sin. And that if we have any kind of anger at all, that, that we are being disobedient to God or we are sinning in our flesh. Again, this is a natural human emotion. God created it in us for a particular reason, for a particular purpose. So we may have been taught that it was a sin, or you may have been the recipient of an anger of an angry parent, and so anger scares you. Or you may be in a relationship with someone who's not able to control their anger. So it scares you. So you withdraw, you withhold. You don't even express your own anger out of the fear of what the consequences of that might be. So we repress it and we don't allow it to exist. Here's a statement, a quote, love without the safety to allow anger is not love but fear. See, we can get caught in this trap of the fear of our emotions. And particularly this one, the, the anger or the fear of anxiety or the fear of depression, any of these emotions, we get caught in the, in the grip of the fear of them, so we avoid them rather than processing them. We avoid them rather than letting God shape them in us. And I'll get more to that here in a little bit. When a foothold becomes a stronghold, we, we find that this, these things become much more damaging to us. So I'm going to share some things with you this morning. Some contrast for understanding, not for a weapon. I want you to hear that this morning. I, don't take what I'm sharing with you today and weaponize it. Use it as a tool. Don't use it as something to... to to use against somebody else. Make sure you're using this as a tool and, and, and rather than a weapon. Sometimes in our counseling process, take, people take information and instead of using it for understanding, they, they turn it into a weapon against another person. And that certainly is not my intent here. So we're gonna distinguish anger which is a true feeling, a true emotion, a true God-given emotion from drama. I talked about drama a few months ago. We're going to distinguish anger from drama. Anger is a true feeling. Drama is the avoidance of a true feeling. We think that drama is, uh, that our anger, the drama, 
that is we're expressing is anger. No, it's actually the avoidance of anger. So I'm going to give you some contrast here this morning. Uh, the purpose of drama is to scare people. The purpose of healthy anger is to inform people. There's a difference between scaring people and informing people. Drama is meant to silence others. Healthy anger is meant to communicate with others. When we use anger in a healthy way, we're really telling others how we are feeling, not how they made us feel. One of the things that I encounter a lot is when I challenge people that no one can make you angry, that is your own experience. You can't make me angry. I might be angry, but you can't make me. Your wife can't make you angry. Just let it soak in. Your husband can't make you angry. Just let it settle in. Your boss can't make you angry. Other people can't make you angry. You have to own your anger. You can't process something that you do not own. As long as you're blaming somebody else for your negative emotion, you can't process it. As long as we make it external, we can't process it. This is why I say to people all the time, quit giving the devil credit for your emotional state because if you're blaming him for how you are feeling, you can't process what you're feeling. You got to own it. Go ahead and be angry. It's good for you. We're going <laughs> to get there. All right? So, drama is meant to silence others. Healthy anger is meant to communicate with others. Drama masks the fear of not being in control. When you are in a dramatic state, and whatever that state looks like, it's, it looks different for different people. It can go anywhere from silence to throwing things. It can go from screaming to blaming. Uh, it, it can have all different things going on. But it's not about, it, it, it's always about trying to be in control. Healthy anger contains sadness or disappointment, which is acknowledged. I can say I am angry. I can say I am hurt. I can say I have anxiety. I can own my own emotions, and then I'm able to process them. Drama blames others for what one feels. Healthy anger asks for change, but allows the other person to change or not. Drama demands that others change and is violent, aggressive, out of control, and punitive. Healthy anger is nonviolent, always in control, and within safe limits. Drama represses true feelings. Healthy anger expresses true feelings. Drama blocks others' feelings. Healthy anger coexists 
with other feelings. Drama creates stress because of one's scared ego. On the other hand, healthy anger releases the aliveness of one's true self. Drama separates us. Healing of anger in a healthy way, processing it in a healthy way, connects us. Now, you got to get this. It's not that we're never supposed to be angry. It is that we're not to use our anger to cause separation between us, but in the processing of our anger, we get more connected with one another. See, it's in the trenches. Let me say this to you, to you couples. It's in the trenches of, of this that intimacy is developed. Many people think intimacy in a marriage is developed in your, in your getaway weekends. It's developed when you go to the beach, the mountains, or wherever, wherever your place is. No, you develop intimacy when you're able to work out those conflicts that produce the anger, and you're able to talk about that, and you're able to connect with it, and you're able to share your hurt, your openness, your wounds, your vulnerability, and you're able to come together in a safe environment. That's what creates intimacy. You don't you you, you create intimacy in the trenches, and you celebrate the intimacy on the getaway weekends. Okay. People often tell me that they're angry with God. Well, I think all of us at some time or another has probably had that kind of experience. Anger at God. I wanted him to do this and he didn't do it. <laughs> I think Pastor Mike put a, put a post on, uh, on Facebook this week that said something like, God will wreck your plans if he sees that your plans are going to wreck your life. <laughs> and so he wrecks our plans and, and we get angry with him. Sometimes we're like children throwing a, a temper tantrum. God, I ask you for this and you didn't give it to me. I asked you for this and you didn't give it to me. You're going to be careful what you ask for. You might get it. But if he doesn't give it to you, it's because he knows you're not ready to receive it. I, I'll save that for another message at another time. So often we get upset with God because he's not doing it the way we want it done. <laughs> He didn't answer the prayer the way we wanted it answered. And he knows how it might destroy our life. And so he withholds what we are asking for and we get angry. First of all, let me tell you, God is not threatened by your anger. <laughs> it doesn't move him one bit. He's still there. He's not angry back at you. He understands your anger. And he's just waiting on you to process it so that he can have a greater connection with you. What do I do with my anger with God? You take it to him. Tell him how you're feeling. Tell him how you're hurt. 
Tell him how you're disappointed. Tell him how you are processing this. You're not telling him how he disappointed you. You're not telling him how he made you angry. You're not telling him how he hurt you. You're telling him how you are disappointed, how you are angry, how you are hurt. And then he will help you process that by telling you, it's okay, I still love you. It's okay, my grace is still sufficient for you. It's okay, I, my hand is still on you. It's okay, I've still got your back. It's okay. It's like your child being angry with you for something you didn't do, and you say, it's okay, I still love you. Let him wrap those loving arms of grace around you and let him heal you and connect you in a greater way than you've ever been connected before. Go ahead, give the Lord one more great big praise offering. <laughs> Holding on to anger, according to researchers, is virtually impossible since anger is the shortest feeling or emotion that we have. Once it is expressed fully, relief and letting go follows automatically. Well, you say, that's not true in my life. <laughs> what is held on to is not your anger. It's the story that you're telling yourself about the anger. I want you to get this. Anger, like all feelings, is not caused by an event, but our belief about or the interpretation of the event. Let me give you a little formula. A plus B equals C. Write that down. A plus B equals C. B is the key. So here's the formula. A is an action, something that happened, something somebody said, something somebody did, something somebody didn't do. That's the action. And then there is the result, the consequence, which is C, the consequence of whatever the action was. But if you skip from A to C, you cannot process whatever it was. The B in the middle, A, the action, plus B, what you believe, will determine the consequence. I got some funny stories. Everything from not putting the cap back on the toothpaste not shutting the cabinet drawers, not willing to clean up the backyard, these are true stories, to not picking up their dirty clothes, to not putting the dishes in the dishwasher. I'm angry because my spouse doesn't put the dishes in the dishwasher. He puts them in the sink, 
but he doesn't put them in the dishwasher. If he loved me, he would put the dishes in the dishwasher. He won't pick up his socks and put them in the hamper. If he loved me, he would pick up the socks and put them in the hamper. He never puts the cap back on the toothpaste. It makes me so angry because he doesn't love me. If he loved me, he would put the cap. These are true stories. He would put the cap back on the toothpaste. I dealt with this one in Romania. We have a small backyard. I love my, my garden area to be cleaned. And if he really loved me, he would clean the, the, the backyard. Makes me so angry when I see the backyard not groomed well and I just get angry because it means he doesn't love me. <laughs> I didn't have an opportunity to talk to the man, but I'm thinking if I did, he would probably say, if she really loved me, she wouldn't require me to clean up the backyard. <laughs> it's the stories that we tell ourselves about the belief that we have that creates and causes the anger to be prolonged. And this is where the enemy gets a foothold. He gets the foothold in the story that we wrap around the anger so that we can nurture it and keep it going. Remember, unprocessed anger will move to other dimensions of anger, such as rage and, and such as violence and these things that develop. So we have to understand this becomes a foothold for the enemy. Let me tell you, here's how, here's how I think about it. Unprocessed anger becomes an emotional temperature like, like, like an infection in your body creates a temperature. Unprocessed anger will create a, an emotional temperature and you will run hot all the time. So everything sets you off. Now, it, it, anything that doesn't go your way, anything that you interpret differently will set off the anger, set off the rage. It's like you've got an emotional temperature and you can't get it turned down and you wonder what in the world is going on with you. Let me tell you, if you read my book, Who's Behind the Mask, you know that I dealt with this in my young adult life uh, from my teenage years to my young adult life, even as a pastor and a husband and, and, and a father, I had this internalized rage of, of, of emotional temperature, if I could say it that way, that was residing inside of me. And I couldn't know, I didn't know how to get rid of it. I was an angry husband. I was an angry father. I was just angry. I was an angry pastor. I didn't know what was going on inside of me till one day God helped me find my true identity in him. When I found that, God released all of that stuff from inside of me. Let me tell you, you don't have to live with an emotional infection. God can keep you by the power of his love and his grace. Go ahead, give him another great big praise offering this morning. 
I want to give you some steps to processing anger. First, accept that anger is a normal human emotion and that drama is not a normal human emotion. Anger is often a signal of unfinished emotional business, something that needs to be healed inside of you. I can investigate the belief producing my anger and ask for healing. I love the passage, and you've heard me teach this School of Ministry and other places, Deuteronomy 8 and 2, one of my favorite passages. Deuteronomy 8 and 2, God told Israel, I brought you this way through the wilderness to show you what is in your heart, whether you would keep my commandments or not. When the Bible talks about the heart, it's talking about the whole, the whole, our whole being here, our, our emotions, our thoughts, our beliefs. I brought you this way through the wilderness to show you what you're believing that's causing your problems. <laughs> I brought you this way through the wilderness to show you the wounds that need to be healed. Remember, God was trying to take an Israel through the, through the wilderness to get Egypt out of them so that he could get Canaan in them. Some of us can't get the promises of God in us because we're still attached to the anger and the prison of our past. And God wants us to release it. He said, I want to show you. I, I keep showing you where your wound is, but you won't reveal it so it can be healed. I show you where your, mis, your, 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 your misthinking is. And I, I want you to, I want to renew your mind. I want to give you another way of thinking so that you can be healed. And you don't have to carry this emotional temperature around for the rest of your life. I want to give you healing. I want to, I want to change things. So you ask for healing in the wounded place. Anger often points to the place that still needs, that, that still hurts. If you change the paradigm by you can change the paradigm by renewing your mind. Romans 12, 2. Change the stories around your anger. Quit telling the same story over and over and over again. I hope this helps somebody. Quit. Somebody left you. Somebody hurt you. Somebody disappointed you. I don't want to diminish that. I don't want to minimize it. But can I just say this? Welcome to humanity. We hurt each other. We disappoint each other. We let each other down. We don't mean to, but we're human. We're all humans. None of us are perfect. We need to even take that out of our language. We need to quit saying none of us are perfect. That's not a newsflash. We all know that none of us are perfect. And we do hurt each other. We misinterpret each other. All of these things happen. But we don't have to live with that. We don't have to stay stuck in that old story. Quit talking about how somebody hurt you 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 30 minutes ago. 
quit making up stories about it. Release it. Turn it over to God. Let God take care of it. God is your avenger. God is the one that will take care of it. Then 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a what? A new creature. Old things have what? Passed away. Behold, what? All things are become new. So we can face life with a new perspective. That's what Amazing Grace says. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. So we take personal responsibility for our emotional state. And we learn to express our anger without needing retaliation. And we let God shape us. I love this passage in James chapter 1, 19 and 21 from the message translation. Here's what it says. Post this at all the intersections. Let me just expand on that. Post this on all the intersections of your life. What he's getting ready to say, he said, I want you to post this where you can see it. Post it at the intersections of your life. Post it for your job. Post it for your relationship. Post it in relationship to your children. Post it wherever the intersections are. Dear friends, lead with your ears. Listen first. Follow up with your tongue. Listen before you speak. And let anger straggle along in the rear. God's righteousness doesn't grow from human anger. So throw all spoiled virtue and cancerous evil into the garbage in simple humility. I love this line. Let our gardener, God, landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden of your life. Let our gardener, God, shape your mind with his word. I wish I could paint this picture for you. Hopefully you, your imagination can help me. I want you to picture God, the gardener, in, in you, in your emotions. In particular, as we're talking about this emotion of anger today, I want you to let God shape it. You let him use it to heal you not to make it a weapon of destruction. But God, take this hurt, take this wound, take this anger, and use it, Lord, to shape, to shape me the way you want me. Think of a gardener out here tending the garden. He's pruning things that need to be pruned. He's, he's tilling the soil where the soil needs to be tilled. He's pulling the weeds where the weeds need to be pulled. He's tending the garden of your emotions, the garden of your life, and he's shaping it in a way that it's going to be called the garden of salvation. 
so that my emotions are no longer no, no longer controlled by my flesh, but my emotions are being shaped and used and put together the way God wants them so that my emotions look like the garden of salvation that's been invaded by the very presence and the grace and the love of God that he instills within us. He's shaping us. He's making us. He's molding us, not in the way that the world does, but in the way that his grace and mercy. Could you just give him a great big praise offering this morning? I wouldn't ask you to expose yourself by raising your hand on what I'm about to say, but I am asking you to expose yourself to the presence of the Holy Spirit this morning. Worship Nation, if you'll come out, help me wrap this up. But I'm asking you this morning, if, you, if, if you've been in this place of rage, this place of hurt, this place of drama, and you've been inflicting it on other people. Lord, this has been so heavy on my heart. I, I talked about this at, a little bit at the retreat in Romania, the couple's retreat. And I just felt compelled to say it there. I feel it compelled to say it here. If, you're, if your anger has become a weapon of destruction. You know it. And you think, I don't know what to do with it. I don't want to be this way. I don't want to, I don't want to always be angry. I don't want to always be in rage. I don't want to always be in this, this intense. But it's just, it's just overtaken me, and I don't, I don't know what to do with it. I want to tell you, if you give it to Jesus, if you let him heal you, if you get honest with him, if you're, if, if, if you're an abuser, I, I want to say this tenderly, but I got to say it. If your anger has made you an abuser and you're an abuser of your spouse or you're an abuser of your children or you're an abuser of others, you may be like one, one guy I worked with. He didn't take it out on his wife. He didn't take it out on his children. He literally took it out on his car. He literally would take a ball bat out and, and, and beat, beat his car. I guess that's better than beating your wife. I'm pretty sure it is. But it doesn't, it doesn't heal. Can, can I just tell you this? When I, was in, when I was in graduate school, the way they taught us to deal with anger was to express it. Beat up a pillow, beat up your car, I guess. Beat up something. Well, neuroscience in the last 10 years has, has discovered that doesn't process your anger. It entrenches your anger. Changing the paradigm. Changing the story. Maybe you grew up without love, but you don't have to continue without love. God is love, and he's ready to love you. Maybe you grew up in an abusive situation. It doesn't have to continue. 
That curse can be broken this morning. It can be broken right here in the presence of God, right here, right now. Just give it to Jesus. Would you stand to your feet with me right now? Prayer team, come forward. God's going to release some people here this morning. Maybe you're online and you can't be here. But maybe you have been that abuser. I'm telling you this morning, God's got something better for you. He wants that to be broken in your life. Maybe it's a generational pattern, a generational curse. And God wants to break it. You love your wife. You love your spouse. You love your children. But, but you keep acting in a, in a way that doesn't show love. It just shows your anger that's been perpetuated. And you're ready to break it. God, we're going to break this this morning. talk about this in church, but it's time for us to talk about it. We don't have to be the abuser. We can be free in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Worship Him this morning. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come flood this place and feel the atmosphere your glory god is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence oh holy spirit you are welcome come from the spirit destruction in your job. It's causing destruction in your relationship. It's causing destruction with your children. Breaking it this morning in the name of Jesus. Whether you're online or whether you're here in the sanctuary, we're breaking it off right now in the name of Jesus. 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 Say it with me. In the name of Jesus. We're breaking off anger. We're breaking off. We're breaking off destruction. We're breaking off drama. We're breaking off abuse. 
we're breaking off destructive behavior in the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ forevermore. We break it. Give him a praise offering right now in the name of the Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Hey. We sing Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Spirit, you are Thank you for being here this morning. God bless you.